Genesis chapter number 1, also Luke chapter number 22. It's good to see you again in the house of God. Appreciate you being here today. Luke, uh, Genesis 1 and Luke 22, if we get there, if we don't, I'll cut it off. And, uh, uh, and then uh, I want to just let you know while you find your place that on the 27th day of March, we're going to have the inspirations here from Bison City, North Carolina. All the inspirations will be with us, and that will be a benefit singing. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, help me pray about this, that we'll be in our new facility by then and we'll be able to handle larger crowds because the inspirations draw a pretty good crowd. And that will be a benefit singing for Brumley Cove Baptist Camp. So help me pray about that. And let's pray for our contractors and pray that we're in our new facility and that we'll be seated and comfortable. And I just praise God for our building committee and what's been done there. Everything's just been great. The contractor's been great, and I praise God. Listen, God's got his hand on this church, and I appreciate that. It doesn't have to be, and I want to I make sure that we're in his will. I want to keep God's hand on us, don't you? I appreciate it so much. Let's pray before we preach. Father, we're grateful for the day, this Lord's day. Help us to glorify you. Help us to lift up the word of God. Speak to us now. Give us your wisdom. I pray you'd speak to the lost. If there be one here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, would you speak to them, Lord, through the Spirit of God and convict them. Let them know they need to be saved before it's everlasting too late. And Father, I pray for those of us who are saved that you'll just build us in the most holy faith, that you'll build us in the Word of God, and we'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to read verse number 14. I'm going to preach a message this morning just simply entitled, Seasons. Last week, if you were here, I preached one of the hardest messages I've ever preached. And uh, if you were here, you know it. If you weren't here... Get a CD, praise God, or listen to it on the radio. But today, I can't hammer you every Sunday. The Lord won't let me. <laughs> so that's today, I just want to give you a wisdom message this morning. And the Bible says here in Genesis 1.14 about the seasons, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Now you can look up here. If I read my Bible correctly, God created seasons. And God says, I understand here that the world, listen to me carefully, the world was created to change. The world was created to be in a constant transient state. That was not a result of the fall. That was the changes that we see in our world and in our seasons. That was not a result of the fall. God created things to change. He did. And so when you and I understand the wisdom of God, we begin to adapt to change. Now, there are some things that remain unchanging, and I'm going to preach that. But I want to tell you right off the bat, God does not change. The Bible does not change. The principles of right and wrong, sin and righteousness, those things do not change. They do not evolve. The modern church oh, says, oh, you need to evolve and change. No, we need to stay with the Word of God. And so the day transitions. The Bible says that let there be firmaments to divide the day from the night. The day transitions to night. God told Jeremiah, I've made a covenant with the day. I've made a covenant with the sun. I've made a covenant with the moon. Man's not going to change that covenant. 
Now, one day God will change that covenant, and the sun will be removed, and Jesus Christ will be the light of the world. And the Bible says there'll be no night. I praise God that one day in a 24-hour period, there will never be night because Jesus Christ will rule and reign on planet Earth. What a blessing. And so every 24-hour period that we have now will transition from night to day, from light to darkness, and every human being will be subject to change. Every 24-hour period, listen to me carefully, you are a human being. You'll change with your blood sugar levels. You'll change with your hormone. I'm talking about in a 24-hour 24, 24 period. You'll change with your hormone levels. You'll change with your mood. You'll change with your mindset. You'll change with your mentality. Some changes will be sweeping changes. Some changes will be shallow changes. But every day is going to see change. We have to face that change with what God gives us in the Word of God. We have to discipline ourselves with what the Word of God and the wisdom that God gives us because we are subject to the changes of life. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. There are so many variables today. You do not know what's going to happen on the morrow. And the Bible says, don't boast of it. Don't brag on it because the day's going to turn to night. The summer's going to turn to winter. Things are going to change in your life. By the way, let me remind some of you who love summer, winter is still God's will. That's right. You can still go fishing in the wintertime. I'm reminded of the old man who, who uh, went fishing, went ice fishing. He drilled a hole in the ice, and he fished all day long, and he didn't catch one thing. This little boy comes up beside of him, drills a hole in the ice, and, man, he starts pulling out walleyes left and right. And the guy looks over, and he says, how in the world are you catching so many fish? He said, oh, go get one more. And the man said, I didn't understand a word you said. What did you say? He said, go get one more. He said, please say that again. And the little boy spit out a wad of stuff and said, you got to keep your worms warm. <laughs> Some of y'all aren't smiling. <laughs> oh. What are you saying, preacher? Things change. That cold winter chill that you felt this morning, We'll give way to the winds of summer. Things will change. The Bible says here, let them be for signs and for seasons. And until I started farming, I didn't believe in signs. And my mother-in-law always told me, she said, you're spraying the weeds in the wrong sign. You're planting taters in the wrong sign. You're putting in fence posts in the wrong sign. And I said, I don't believe that junk until I begin to experience it. What are you saying, preacher? The Bible says, listen to me carefully, you are so subject, and I'm going to read it to you from Romans, you and I are so subject to change that we're influenced by the celestial bodies. I talked to the funeral directors yesterday. He said, you know what? He said, I can tell when the moon changes. My business picks up. 
I can tell when a certain sign, he said, sometimes I dig a grave and I've got more dirt than I can put back in it. The next time I dig a grave in a different sign, I have to hunt for dirt. What are you saying, preacher? You and I are subject to more than we realize we are. And I'm not saying go read the horoscope, that's sin. Amen. But I'm saying these things do affect us. And listen to what the Bible says. How the celestial bodies, the Bible says in Romans 8, 24, the creature, that's us, was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Dear friend, you and I are subjected to vanity. We're subjected to the changes of life. But the Bible says here, not willingly. We're subjected to the changing elements, to the changing environment. But the Bible says it's not willingly. I don't like it, do you? I resist change. I don't care. You say, well, young people adapt to change. No, we're all, we're all somehow we resist it. And God says it's time to be willing to accept change. And the Bible says it wasn't our will to be subjected to all these seasons, signs, and alterations of life, but it was God's will. Don't miss this. It was God's will. We read it in Genesis 1.14. It was God's will to create seasons and change and subject us to all those changes. Why, preacher? Those are the tests of life. You know Why? Because God gives us something unchanging that we meet all of the changing aspects of life with. And that's the Word of God. That's the Spirit of God. That's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. We meet all these changes, whether they be celestial bodies, whether they be environmental bodies, whether they be governmental bodies. We meet all these changes with the steadfastness of Jesus Christ in the Word of God. Amen. Not willingly. The Bible says in the Word of God, there's hope of a tree if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and the tender branch thereof will not cease, though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stock die in the ground. Yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. God said if a tree gets hewn down, that's from the book of Job. If a tree gets hewn down, there's still hope for that tree through the scent of water. That tree has undergone a traumatic change. It's been cut. And God said through the scent of water, that tree has hope. And God has given us the water of life. If something traumatic has happened in your life, maybe somebody's taken an axe of hatred and chopped you down. Maybe somebody's taken a hatchet of animosity and just cut your bark in two and chopped you off and it just feels like your root is withering and your leaves are fading and it just seems like taking the sap out of you. Literally. God said there's a water of life. And oh, dear friend, you don't have to live in bitterness. You don't have to live in that state. You can drink in this morning the water of life. Jesus said, I am the water of life. You can drink in the water of life, and you can feel nourishment. Go back to the roots and back to the leaves and back to the limbs, and you can be fruitful for the Lord Jesus Christ if you'll get in the Word of God. 
God does not leave us without hope. Let me read it for you. Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him as a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Let me tell you something about this water. That old tree that gets cut down and his root fades and his leaves wither. Hey, friend, that old tree will come back through some water, and that water that falls out of the sky is free. Let me tell you something about Jesus Christ who said the water of life is free. He said it's done in, in the revelation. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, he said. And I will give to him, uh, he that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. It's free, praise God. It's free. Come back to life in Jesus Christ. There is a constant in an inconstant world. There is a consistent in an inconsistent world. There is a consistent in a globe of variance. There is a fix among the fickle. And I'm going to tell you his name. His name is Jesus. Oh, he never changes. I cling to him. He wants to lift you this morning. Out of the miry clay. He wants to set your feet on a rock. He wants to establish your goings. Establish your goings. He wants to lift you from the shifting sands to the word of the living God. He said this of John the Baptist. He said, what did you go out in the wilderness for to see? When he was talking about John the Baptist. A reed shaken with the wind. What attracted you, Jesus is saying, what attracted you to John the Baptist? Was he just tossed about with every wind of doctrine? Was he tossed about with the changes of life? Was he tossed about with the seasons? Was he tossed about with the signs? Was he tossed? No, you went out to see a man who had a firm foundation. He was not a reed shaken in the wind. He said there's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. He was unshakable. God's hand was on him. He was in the word of God. He was in the will of God. He was in the walk of God. He was in the worship of God. And God's unshakable hand was on John the Baptist. That's attractive. That's attractive to me. I like to see someone who's steadfast in an unsteadfast world. Can I tell you something? I'm committed to being an unseasonable Christian. I meet too many people today who are seasonable Christians. Well, if it ain't raining, I'll go to church. Well, if it's, you know, you know I'll just get up in the morning and see. <laughs> Listen, don't be a seasonable Christian. Get in the Word of God. Get in the faith. Be diligent. Be prudent. Be the kind of Christian God wants you to be. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 that we, that we, that we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Have an unchanging standard, dear friend, in a wicked world. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, it opens up the wisdom book and says to everything there is a season and to everything there is a time and a purpose under heaven. All these changes God has created for his purpose. 
Not only is, is there seasons, there's signs. And we ought to be a spiritual sign reader. Can I tell you what? If I read the signs right, if I read my Bible right, Jesus is soon coming. This world is soon going to be wrapped up. Cataclysmic events are on our very doorstep. I said this a few weeks ago. I believe the next five years we'll see the most sweeping, unprecedented changes the world has ever seen. I still believe that, dear friend. What's going to get you through the next days? What's going to get you through the tough times? What's going to get you when the axe of hatred is laid to your tree? You better get in where the sin of water is, and that's the Word of God. Better draw close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, to be a spiritual sign reader, the Bible says of the men of Issachar, they were men of understanding who understood the times to know what Israel ought to do. Well, to be grounded and settled in the Word of God. Well, to be grounded and settled in the walk of God. Paul said, listen, Paul began to recount as he began to go toward Jerusalem where he would be eventually, he knew he was going to be arrested. He knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to go to prison. He, and he began to recount all the things that had happened to him in his ministry. And he said this, but none of these things move me. I'm not moved by what's happened in my past. Even though God has given me a vision of the future, I'm not going to be moved by what's going to happen in the future. None of these things, Paul says, move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. Boy, that ought to be our attitude today. It don't matter if a tree has been hewn down. It don't matter what's come in our life. It don't matter what trauma we face, what changes we faced in the past. It doesn't matter what changes we see in the future. God help us to face our today with joy because Jesus lives and Jesus holds the future and Jesus is coming again and he'll settle it, dear friend. Thank God. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. Oh, finish the verse. If we faint not. I want to be that committed Christian who's not fainting over this. And fainting over You ever see those fainting goats? <laughs> they just fall over. Hey, we're to be sheep, not goats. Amen. There's no such thing as a fainting sheep. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing. There is a season of labor. There is a season of harvest. There is a season of rest. The season in the spring is a time to plow. And the Bible says that a sluggard, a slothful person, a sluggard, will not plow by reason of the cold, and therefore he shall beg and harvest and have nothing. The sluggard looks out the door and says, oh, I don't believe I'll plow today, it's too cold. You know, what he's, you know what's wrong with him? He's not taking the wisdom and the mindset that things are going to change. It's not always going to be cold. And he's going to need to eat later on. Amen. The Bible says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise, who gathereth her fruit in summer. The ant, smart enough to know there are seasons, and in the right season you better harvest. Amen. Because the season will change. I'm going somewhere with this whole thing. Just hang on. A sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. He says, well, I'll wait on warmer weather. Then it's too late to plow. It's too late to plant. 
The Bible says, he that gathereth in summer, he realizes after spring, after he's plowed, he that gathereth in summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. These shameful, these sluggards, they're not considering preparing during the changing times. They're not wise enough and they don't have enough work ethic to get out there and know that it won't always be like this. Jesus said, work while it's day. Church, I want to challenge you today. Work while it's day. Get busy. Get in the Word of God. Get in the will of God. Do what He tells you to do. Be faithful with a, with a resilience and just, just a dogmatic, uh, uh, I don't even know the word, just prudence and diligence. Then we, there's summertime. There's not only the springtime when we plow, there's the summertime when we prune. Folks, we ought to be careful that we're pruning things out of our lives. Because Jesus said this, He that also received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word of God. And he doesn't care. He doesn't prune things out of his life when he hears the word of God. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it become unfruitful. God help us in the summer season of our Christian life to pull out those things and to prune out those things and to weed our garden of the things that, that's going to rob it of its nutrients so we can produce fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. We hoe, we weed. Then in those sunny days, God help us. You know those sunny days of autumn when the sky is so blue and the, and the clouds are so fluffy and it just makes you right real lazy. God help us to be a son that harvests instead of lazing around in the sun. God help us to not make excuses in our Christian life. Oh, well, it's cold. I won't plow today. Oh, well, it's too hot. I won't work in the, my Christian life in the, in the summer. Oh, well, it's harvest time. The sun's shining. The fair winds. I don't think I'll go to church today. Listen to me carefully. I read something yesterday that said Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. I disagree with that. Sunday morning church is a lifetime decision. Amen. It's not a, if you wait till Saturday night to make up your mind, you're going to church, you probably won't go. But if you make up your mind that you're going to walk with God and get in the Word of God and be faithful, that is a lifetime decision, a lifetime commitment. Amen. The Bible says to preach the Word, to be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all patience and long-suffering. What does that word instant mean? It means to be prepared. The Bible, or the, the definition is, it means to practice some consistency. Be instant, in season, well prepared for any situation. And the Bible says if you will do that, I'll give you rain in due season. God says if you'll follow me, I'll give you rain in due season so your harvest will come in. God will help us. He's not just sitting there saying, okay, get it on your own, do it on your own, be diligent. No, God said if you'll do what you're supposed to do, I'll add to it and I'll bless you for what you do. Preach the word. The Bible says, listen to this, I'm closing the message. 
Blessed is the man, Psalm 1, who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of God, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. He shall bring forth his fruit in season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. Did you help? If, if I read that correctly, the man who is even right with God, the man who delights in the word of God, the man who is blessed, who stays out of the counsel of the ungodly, he standeth not in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, that man will still undergo seasons. But he's fixed. His roots go down into that water system. His taproot goes down further than you could ever imagine. And he's tapped into a well of grace that is producing fruit no matter what. Amen. <laughs> Someone says every dog has its day. And that's the truth. You can live for God. You can expect the Lord to answer your prayer. And sometimes he doesn't. But that doesn't change God. It may change the season, but it doesn't change God. Oh, somebody said, well, the sun don't shine in the same doghouse every day. <laughs> no. The birds fly south for the winter. Seasonal. You know why birds fly south? It's too far to walk. <laughs> I'll close the message here. Let me give you one more piece of wisdom. I want you to consider this with me. Don't judge somebody by a season in their life. Every person in this building is going through a season in your life. We're all in winter physically, aren't we? But spiritually we're not. Some of us are enjoying a nice spring breeze from heaven this morning. Some of us are feeling the bitter winds of winter. Don't judge somebody by the season of their life. Because of the temporary circumstances in their life. First Peter tells us this, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Some of us are taken in temptations. Some of us are rejoicing in God. Some of us are planning something today. Some of us are worried about something yesterday. We're all in a season. Now let me give you seven examples of this. Don't judge somebody for a season of their life. If you were to look at David, in one point of David's life, David was a man after God's own heart. And in one point of David's life, his, his life had gone to pieces. His life had gone to pot. The king was trying to kill him. He was living with the Philistines. And the, and the Bible says that David went down and he feigned himself to be crazy mad. And he scrabbled on the gate of the Philistines and he let the spittle run down on his beard. And if you would have looked at David in that season, you'd have said, that guy's nuts. But it's just a short time <laughs> that he's the greatest king in Israel. 
Don't judge somebody by a season. I mean, I act crazy, but don't judge me. <laughs> let, me give you, let me give you another example. Noah, one week, Noah was a hated carpenter, preacher, and the next week, Noah was an admired sailor. <laughs> I mean, the same ones that were making fun of him was wanting on his boat, amen. That also goes the other way. Jonah is in the belly of a whale one week. Be careful, Christian, that you don't judge another Christian by a season of their life. Jonah was a great preacher. But if you judge him in the belly of the whale, you could have walked in and some of these uh, real self-righteous Baptists would have walked in and kicked him. He said, what's the matter with you, Jonah? You're out of the will of God. Don't come back to our church. Amen. You know what Vance Havner said? I posted it on Facebook. I liked it so much. He said, the person who really needs to get their heart right with God is a self-righteous, fundamental Baptist Amen. with the right dispensations and the wrong disposition. Let me say that again. The person who need, really needs to get right with God is the person with the right dispensations. Oh, they've got their Bible down. They know the Word of God. They, they know all the dispensations. They can name them to you, but they have their own disp disposition. If you'd have looked at Jonah, I can just see the Baptist kicking Jonah. What's the matter with you, Jonah? Out of the will of God, running from God. That's why you're in the belly of the well. You ought to know better than that. <laughs> Don't judge Jonah by a season. Because it wasn't long, Jonah's walking through Nineveh, preaching the word of God. We're talking about Iraq and Iran. Anybody want to volunteer to take Jonah's place? Hmm. Me neither. God's going to have to put me in the belly of a whale send me to Iraq, praise God. <laughs> Amen. I shouldn't have said that. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I Lord, that's one of those things that just come out. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> hey, don't judge Jonah by the season. Jonah was a great preacher in the belly of a whale. Elijah was a great preacher. But if you'd have looked at him under the juniper tree, he was all poochy-lipped and sad and mad at God. But soon Elijah was going to be on Mount Carmel facing the devil himself with the power of God on him. Don't judge him. Oh, but let's turn it. One week, Judas was a disciple. I'm talking about seasons. One week, Judas was a disciple, and the next week, Judas was a devil. Amen. I'm talking about being a, that's why I go back, be a committed, dedicated Christian who walks with God. Because this week, this day, this very day is going, you're going to undergo changes that you've never dreamed, some of you. Amen. Some will be traumatic. Some will be less traumatic. But those things will happen. And if you're not, listen to me carefully. I'll look you straight in the eyeball and tell you the meanest people on the face of planet Earth is not the wicked people. It's a backslidden Christian. God help us. 
One day Peter is clasping a sword, defending the Lord Jesus Christ, and the next day Peter's cussing a swarm. By the way, profanity is the sign of a weak mind. You're welcome. One day Saul was king, head and shoulders, a man looked up to, a man of influence. Saul let his heart stray from God because of the seasons of life, because he was not diligent in summer, he was not diligent in spring, he was not diligent in fall, and Saul let his heart stray from God, backslidden, and the next time you find him, he's not in kingly robes, he's out on the mountain, and he's botched up an attempt to commit suicide. God help us. To not be so seasonal. The Bible says in Luke 22, I had you to turn there. So if you would just flip over there quickly. My time is up. Here we go. Luke chapter 22, verse number 52. This is Jesus Christ. Here I want to end preaching on Christ. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against the thief with sword and staves. When I was with you in the temple, you stretched no forth, forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Now look up here. Jesus, the week before, had been preaching in the temple. The power of God was on him. Crowds were coming out to hearing. People were laying their clothes down in the street saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And the next week, Jesus said, uh-oh. You've come after me with swords and staves. But guess what? Things have changed. And it's my time. This is your hour of darkness. And it's my time to be taken. God has changed around the authority here a little bit. And now I have to be subjected. You see, even Jesus Christ himself, the point is this was subject to change. He was subject to seasons. He was subject to all the things that we're subject to. And look at what he says, verse 54. Then took they him. <laughs> and I'll close with this. You know where they took him? They took him to crucify him. A man who, done, the Bible says, had no sin... Neither was guile found in his mouth. A man who only came to love. A man who only came to die for our sin. A man who loved us through the seasons of our life. When the curse words were coming out of our mouth, he still loved us. When our tree was hewn down, he still loved us. When our root withered and our leaf faded, God still loved us. And they took this innocent man... Because God let them have a season. And they took an innocent man and they nailed him to a tree for your sin and for my sin. <laughs> but I'm glad to tell you that season's over. He has risen from the dead. And the season has changed. You know what season it is now? It's the season of grace. And you have an opportunity to get in today on a season of grace.
The grace of God is coming down. The love of God is coming down. The forgiveness and compassion of God for you and your sin is coming down. And he wants to have grace and have it abundantly on you. But that season's going to end. And that season's going to end with the vengeance of Almighty God. And the wrath of God is going to be poured out, the Bible says, on all ungodliness. And let me close the message right now in saying, get in on the season of grace before it changes to the season of vengeance of God. I had no idea how the message would end, but now I do. Dear friend, let me ask you a question this morning. If you'll review your life, you'll find there'd been a lot of changes. Can I just let you in on something personal? I don't know why I'm saying this, but maybe it's of some benefit. Last night, I came over here and I got a Bible and I began to walk through the empty shell of the church. Just through the empty shell right around the walls. And I began to review the seasons of my life. And I can tell you in my life as I reviewed my... By the way, I looked at my pedometer when I got done and I had walked two miles on the inside of Gross's Creek Baptist Church reviewing my life. And I can tell you there's been a lot of changes in my life. I could show you, I could take you back to a time in my life when you wouldn't even like me. <laughs> I can take you back to a time in my life when, when I was living in sin. And you'd have said, that guy is worthless. He is a worthless human being. <laughs> but that was a season. God knew it was a season. And God brought me through that season. And he put me in another season of my life where I began to get my heart right with God. I began to read the Word, and then there was another season of my life where the more I read the Word, God began to deal with me about getting closer to Him and more in His will. And the next thing you know, that season of life has changed, and I'm a preacher. I went from being a vile, wretched sinner, going my own way, doing my own thing, to rejoicing in the will of God. If I can walk two miles inside that church and review my seasons, review yours quickly this morning in seconds. Let me invite you to something. Let me invite you to Jesus Christ who can forgive your sin, who can give you a new season of life. He loves you. He died for you. He's compassionate toward you. His arms reach out for you this morning. I'm going to invite you to come. If you're lost, please come. Get out of that season of being lost. Get out of that season of sin. The Bible says, don't miss this, sinner. There's pleasure in sin for a season. There's pleasure in what you're doing. You think you're having a good time. You're going your own way, doing your own thing. You think it's a good time. The Bible says that's a season. It's going to be over. Run to Jesus Christ this morning. Change the season to the season of grace. It'll change to a season of joy. It'll change to a season of righteousness. It'll change from darkness to light.